Welcome to the book club that sure is not your mom's romance book club, but it is my mom's. I'm Ellen, and joining me as always is my mom. Hi, mom. How's it going? Hello. It's going so good. So good. Today we are chatting about The Raycast by Scarlett Peckham in today's episode. But first, mom, what have you slash we been reading <laughs> slash listening to? Well, we did listen to a couple books. We had a road trip we had we to do. We, we went. We went to a wedding. Out but, of state. Yes. And it so was... So we were able to listen to a book on the way out and a book on the way back. We did. Um, but first, before all of that, I read A Court of a court of Wings and Ruin, which is the third book in I the Sarah Moss. I started it. You started it. But, but I'm I not finished it. anywhere near finished. Yeah. Um, well, it's a crazy long book. Yeah. It's bonkers. Yeah. Like, there's just... It's, but it was quite the enjoyable read. Okay. I think I gave it five stars, which I don't do very often, oh. especially for a 700 plus page book. Yeah, no freaking kidding. <laughs> and then, um, on our drive, yes, we listened to Number One Crush by T. Gephardt. And then while we were out there, I read The Ray Kiss, yes. which is our book for today. Yes. And then on our drive home, we listened to Muffin Top. By Avery Flynn. Which is the follow-up to Butterface by Avery Flynn, which we did uh, on the show. In the Hardigans. <laughs> yeah, in the Hardigan. Okay, so here's the deal, you guys. So, <laughs> Mom and I went to this wedding, but also with me and Mom was my youngest brother. So, we've had... Uh, Ryan on the show. Ryan on the show. My youngest brother's name is Dylan. Um, and so... This was Dylan's first foray into romance. Um, and he was like, oh, yeah, no problem. We're like, okay, we're going to listen to, you know, our books while we're on our way. And he's like, yeah, no problem. No sweat. Yeah, That's Dylan fine. was like the coolest family member that we've had yeah. about, you know, reading any romance. Um, but, yeah, on we were listening to Muffin Top, and he kept calling into question the name. They kept talking about the Hardigans. The Hardigans are the, the, the family. family. And he just thought it was funny that Hardigan sounds like Hardigan. Hard again. <laughs> so I will never a romance hear it hero. the same. Yeah. Um, so number one, Crush. Uh, also, that was a uh, pretty severe yeah, breaking like, in. Sorry, Dylan. This is like jumping right into the fire. <laughs> Luckily, Dylan is probably, um, how can I say this? Like, the most worldly in our family. The most open-minded. Yeah, most open-minded. So he was just like, I don't care. Um, was if, he just like, I don't care the whole time? If anything, <laughs> uh, yeah, Dylan, Dylan, uh, I think was, how can I say this? It was pretty funny to... Let's just say he had a hard time with his mom and sister in the car <laughs> while he was listening to some of these scenes. He said it was unfair that there was a very beautifully voiced woman that was reading these <laughs> sexy scenes while he was in a car with his mom and sister. Apparently there was a Jess scene that needed to be done. <laughs> and, we... and don't ever tell him I told you that. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was just funny because we were finishing number one crush because like we were in the hotel. Uh, we had gotten to the hotel and we had like 20 minutes left in the book. And so we were like laying in our hotel room listening to like the last 20 minutes of this book and this book does not shy away no, it from was pretty saucy the sex scenes and um we're all just laying there listening to this like pretty ruckus sex scene and i just started laughing because i'm like 
yeah, this is a normal family vacation <laughs> thing to just lay around with your mom and brother and listen to these rampant sex scenes. And then we were listening to Muffin Top on the way home. Yeah. And because I didn't even know he's listening. I thought he had headphones on and he was listening to something else. I Which didn't even he know did he was for listening. a good portion of He that did for one, a while. But, but he listened to like all of Number One Crush, but. But on Muffin Top, it was apparently a pretty saucy sex scene that they were reading to us. And um, I just <laughs> hear Dylan in the back of the car going, geez, F these books. <laughs> And it made us laugh. <laughs> I was like, oh, I didn't even know you were listening, but okay. <laughs> um, yeah, so we might have made a romance reader of um, my brother Or Dylan. at least a dis- listener. <laughs> <laughs> He'd probably enjoy it more, though, if he wasn't with his mom and sister. Yeah, it was just kind of funny to, um, yeah, listen, listen to... Yeah. I mean, he was not mad at it. And I don't, and I will. I, I don't think, think he hated it. I don't think he hated it. <laughs> and we were trying to tell him, like, honestly, we've read so many of these that at this point, it it's kind of just rote. And he's like, okay, yeah, Whatever sure. you guys say. It's like, <laughs> well, you get to the point where some of these sex scenes, it's just like, okay, okay, okay. Because, you know, we there's only so many ways you can describe certain things, certain yeah. acts. And um, and then when you're listening to them, though, sometimes they just seem more, especially when you're listening to yes. them with other people. I've tried to tell you this, mother. <laughs> like, the first time, you know, I got mom to read a romance book was listening to an audiobook of a romance book. And I fast forwarded through the sex scenes because I'm like, I am not going to have the first time mom, you know, reads a sex scene in a romance book, be listening to it while next to me. Like, I don't want to do that. Um, we, seem yeah. to, we seem okay with it now, but. Yeah. <laughs> um, in review, number one crush I thought was funny. I thought it was really funny. We um, got super frustrated. We got very frustrated with the heroine at the end of that book because she was, and and even Dylan was like, what the hell? <laughs> I'm like, I know, Dylan, this is just this how is it, that happens. This so. is how it goes sometimes. Um, just tell him the truth. That was the whole thing. Just yeah. communication. Yeah. Dang. And then Muffin Top also, we similarly got annoyed. Wasn't with, as bad. As it wasn't as crush. bad. We weren't as frustrated with her, but. There was, there's kind of like a fight towards the end where it's very unclear as to... Why she was even angry. The catalyst I, yeah. for the fight. We didn't even understand that. Um, but, you know, what are you going to do? But I thought it, I really liked Muffin Top, and I think I'm going to try and read the next book, which is Tomboy in the series, um, before we read this week's book. So we'll see if I follow through on that. You guys can hold me to that. Um, anyway, so we had a lot of fun reading this week. It was... It, it made for <laughs> make for an interesting trip. interesting road trips. Um, okay, today we are talking about the Ray Kess by Scarlett Peckham. It is the first book in her Society of Sirens series. She has previously released a series called uh, The Secrets of Charlotte Street, but this series seems to be her first that is published with Avon. Um, so you know it's kind of a big deal for her, I'm sure. Um, here is the back cover description of the Ray Kess. So Serafina Arden's passions include equality, amorous affairs, and wild wine-soaked nights. To raise funds for her cause, she's set to publish explosive memoirs exposing the powerful man who ruined her. Her ideals are her purpose, her friends are her family, and her paramours are forbidden to linger in the morning. 
Adam Anderson is a wholesome, handsome, widowed Scottish architect with two young children, a business to protect, and an aversion to scandal. He could never, ever afford to fall for Serafina, but her indecent proposal, one month, no strings, no future, proves too tempting for a man who strains to keep his passions buried with the losses of his past. What began as a fling soon forces them to confront painful secrets and yearnings they thought they'd never have again. But when Serafina discovers Adam's future depends on the man she's about to destroy, she must decide what to protect, her desire for justice or her heart. Okay, Mom, what did you think of The Rakes? I liked this book. I had I don't usually read our reviews, before, I mean the reviews in the Facebook group before mm-hmm. I read a book at this one though I had just glanced at and I could tell that some of them didn't like it so much and so I kind of I think I went into it with kind of low expectations yeah but I liked it I mean there were things about it that bugged me mm-hmm. and we'll talk about those but yeah. um I think overall it was like a solid like for me yeah I think I'm like with verging on like really liked yeah um I uh yeah I also I also because I saw some um somebody say that I usually read the comments um I don't read the comments in full I usually just kind of glance at them to see what the general tone of the of the comments seems to be Ellen likes spoilers and everything I I don't that's true um and yeah I could tell that this one was um not going over super well, uh, which we're going to get to some of those later. But, um, I, I, uh, I don't, so honestly, I don't know if maybe going into the book, knowing that most of you didn't like it, helped me like it more (laughs) because I think I was going into it thinking like, oh, this must not like go over super well. And I went, and then I, when I was done, I was like, I didn't think it was that. Yeah, I liked it. <laughs> um, somebody kind of calls this out in there. Uh, somebody kind of mentions that maybe it just is wasn't the right time with everything going on to read this book. And I think that might be like... It's a very angsty book. It's very angsty. And so I'm wondering if this general tone that we have right now in the country and in the world this just wasn't the best time for a book like this to come out. I think people are kind of looking more for a lot of more beach ready, um, kind of in our defense, rom com We had no idea what the book was about. <laughs> yeah. And second of all, we didn't know what was going to be happening in the world at the yeah. time. So we can't really pick well, our books based d- on it. When I, when I, when I did create, yeah, but it was supposed to be over yeah. you know, months <laughs> ago. True. Um, I was hoping it would be over, but here we are. Um, so, yeah, I think maybe just wrong time for this book and as a as a whole, you know, for all of us. Um, but there's a lot of things that I really respect about this book. Um, I think her writing is good. Um, I really liked what she was trying to do with the spin on yes. the reformed rake. And yeah. instead of having a reformed rake, we've got this reformed rake as well, somewhat yeah. reformed. But... Um, so, yeah. And I liked that. And I liked the whole... I like the premise. I like um, I like a lot of the ways that she lays things out, or, which we'll talk about. Um, so, yeah. So, 
I think I respect the book more than anything. Um, I think it's not the most enjoyable read, which kind of knocks it down a few points for a lot of us. Um, and yeah, so we'll talk about that. Yeah. Um, okay, mom, what did you think of Serafina as our heroine? I didn't always like Serafina, but I don't know that we are supposed to. Correct. I think in the beginning, it's it's totally a spin on, you know, our grumpy hero alert. This mm-hmm. is our grumpy heroine, like big time. And yeah. she's got a drinking problem and she just throws herself at people and mm-hmm. she kind of uses men. And I mean, she is the rake of our book. Yeah. And um, we're going to talk more about that in a later question. Okay. So don't get I won't talk about it too much. That. But, um, and, but, you know, she tries to pull it together. She does have certain ideals that makes this, I want to say, different. For example, they don't ever get married. Mm-hmm. And especially in the historical, that's totally uncommon. And I'm not even sure, you know, if that, anyway. Historically. Is Histori- com- yeah, it works really accurate. well. Because yeah. it's, what is it, 1797? Yeah. Something like so, that. Somewhere in there. Um, so, you know, there's... There's things about her that I didn't like. I did like her journey. I liked her trying to become a better person for him mm-hmm. um, and for herself, I think, and um, for other things that are going on in her life. And I, and I, you know, respected that. Mm-hmm. And I do respect the fact, the thing she was trying to say, the book she was writing and, and the, you know, um, comment she was trying to make on yeah. how things were at that time. I really respected that because yeah. how many times have we seen, I mean, it's like the scarlet letter of, you yeah. know, the romance books. <laughs> yeah. Um, we're going to talk about some of the like political statements of the book, but I also really responded to that portion of the book. Um, I, like you said, I really liked, I think like the premise of this is what I like the most of taking the rake and she really goes for it like she does not pull her punches i'm talking about scarlet peckham she does not pull her punches in like making this woman everything about every rake we've ever read in the historical and i i respect the hell out of that um you know she and it's not just like they called her a rakeess because of one little indiscretion no this woman slept around a lot yeah and used men And, and, and her as a character, she really leans into that. Right. And you do really feel for her because like the book points out, unlike the rakes in every historical that we've read, you know, who don't really have any sort of backlash from the way. In fact, it's admired. It's celebrated. (laughs) Yeah. Um, she goes through a lot of bullshit, you know, and you do a big thing that Adam, that brings Adam closer to her is, um, is watching, you know, the bullshit that she has to well, go through. Well, the way society treats her. Yeah, and, they, you know, they're, like, posting posters of her and making, you know, horrendous threats. political cartoons, threats, they're leaving dead birds on her front porch. Burning her in effigy and making all kinds yeah. of horrible and, comments about it. And so you've, and she just has to try and stay stoic through all of it. And, you know, she says several times, like, the best way for me to fight against this is just to keep 
doing what I'm doing yeah. and, you know, not fight back, but just stay stoic throughout it. And, you know, us as a reader and Adam as a character realize, you know, she's, it's a, it's a front that it really hurts her. Yeah. That she has to put up. Um, and yeah, there's just a lot of stuff about, um, putting her in that role of a rake in and having her be a woman in that time that really, um, that I really respected and, and responded to as, you know, I think it's something that it gets touched on a lot in historical romances, but to kind of go full tilt with it in this book. I have never read a historical heroine that was like this. No. Ever. I've seen, I've read some that I think have like tried where, you know, they're like courtesans or something like that. I haven't even read that. But, but usually they're like these sweet little things that had one indiscretion is what I mostly read. And, um, you know, from that they've done some things a few times, but it's not like they've all out just lived the whole lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of things about, you know, her and Adam's relationship that I liked. Like, I like that Adam points out that he's surprised at how good she is with his kids. And then he realizes, well, that's unfair of me to think that she can't be good with kids just because she's got this reputation of, you know. And, yeah, just, like, him also discovering, like, the double standards that, you know, that she has against her. Um, she does frustrate me sometimes. Her constant keeping him at arm's length and a lot of the things that she says to him to, like, keep him at arm's length are unfair. And, you know, because he's trying to make it more about just, like, anonymous sex and she's automatically, like... I think, though, that that, her trying to keep him at arm's length is what makes her realize, I really care for this man because otherwise I wouldn't care about keeping him at arm's length. Yeah. Um, I care about him enough that I don't want him to ruin his job and ruin his reputation and ruin his, you know, kids' reputations. And, you know, I care about him enough. And I think that that's ultimately what makes her realize that she really has deep feelings for yeah him. she's a very i mean she's a very complex yeah heroine especially she's well written i yeah. mean yeah she's not always likable and there's but i think this it's kind of like if you think about um what's the sebastian uh the guy, Sebastian St. James or something from the um oh. Lisa Claypus where like when we were reading that series it's like how can she make this guy likable? He is horrendous. <laughs> well, it's yeah, because he's because he pops up in lots of her books. Yeah. But anyway, um, yeah, with him, I literally read the one where he kidnapped because it's in the um, the like the first one, the well, the, the devil's daughter and yeah, like, all the, those the devil, devil the devil of winter that went yeah. Anyway, you so guys he know which one kidnaps <laughs> her in the first book, and, and you just hate him. Yeah, and. Then I realized he was going to be the hero in the next book. And I'm like, Ellen, there is no way they can make me like him. There is no way that I'm going to like this guy. He's just terrible. And then, of course, I fell in love with him. And then, of course, he just runs throughout many of her books. But, um, yeah, it's that whole thing where it's like, because when I started reading, I was like, 
is this her? Because I don't really like her that much. Well, it made me, I mean, like, her as a character made me think a lot about how, I mean, like, some of the injustices that, like, I myself. As a reader. Yeah, like, you know, she would do things and I would I would get annoyed by it or something and I'd be like, well, wait a second, I read heroes that do this all, all the, the damn time, time yeah. and I don't really think that much about it, but just the, you know, societal norms that we think of as being feminine versus masculine, whatever. Um, yeah, it made me, like, question a lot of that within myself, which, you know, the more we're talking about it, I might give this book <laughs> I really liked, you guys. Well, and I, because I was the same way. I was like, okay, if she was a guy and I was reading this book and she was the guy in the book, I would not, this would not be off-putting. So yeah. I can't, it's not really fair for me to, because she drinks and because, you know. She, she sleeps around. She sleeps around. We've had tons of heroes that were okay. like that. I mean, many. Yeah, like and, almost every, especially in a historical. Right. Like, they're rampant. Yes. And, um, you know, so that was the same way. I was like, okay. You have to sit back and think, if he, if this was the hero in our story, we would have no problem with this. Yeah. This would be absolutely fine. Yeah. So where's the double standard even in me as a reader? Yeah. You know, to judge her the way, I, you know, yeah. against all the other heroines. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay, what, what did you think of Adam as our hero? Um, I loved Adam. Yeah. I thought he was a sweetheart. Um, he was kind of the same way. Towards the end, I was like kind of frustrated. But you knew that he was going to come around. Yeah. But, uh... I always had faith that he was going to come around. I, I knew he was going to come around. She was sometimes more questionable. Um, yeah, and he, I like that he's kind of the blushing miss that we usually get yes. paired with the rake. But then just like our blushing misses, he gets in bed and, oh, yeah. holy crap, and this book takes the reins uh, <laughs> straight away. Um, yeah, and I thought he was sweet, but not, I mean, he's not like the usual swoony alpha hero that we get but i thought that that made him a good pairing with our right. more alpha heroine you know who he was definitely the sweet blushing you know heroine of yeah. our story but hero um i really liked him and i thought i admired him and you know the way he's trying to take care of his kids i admired the way he felt about his wife who had passed away i admired uh you know him well, and How I already worked and the things he was trying to accomplish. And, yeah. And the fact that, you know, he supports all of the more progressive political stances that she takes, but, you know, kind of his struggle with trying to have those while still maintaining professional relationships and, um, you know, kind of his journey slash struggle with that throughout the book and kind of where he lands on that. Um, and yeah, I mean, I thought, and I thought a lot of that is relevant for, yeah. you know, today. Um, I don't have that much more. I mean, there's a lot to say about Serafina. Um, I think him as a match for her though, I, I think that especially for obviously what she's trying to do with Serafina as the Rakes, I thought that it's an obvious choice to kind of have him be more... I don't want to say beta because I don't think he's like full blown. No, none of them are full blown beta. Um, he does have beta tendencies and, but you know, a hidden passionate boudoir so uh, persona. <laughs> Which I'm assuming we're going to talk we're about gonna that We're going to get later. to the sex, you guys. <laughs> um, okay. 
There was a reader's guide in the back of the book, and I'm not above pulling questions from that. So here's one. What does Sarah have in common? And we've talked a lot about this, but with the traditional male romance rake that we are used to. Well, I think, like I said, I think the author did an excellent job of making her not just a happenstance or, or she's called this for by accident or, you know, she's called this because of one indiscretion. I mean, she literally well, the was thing, living, living the lifestyle. The thing is, is, you know, she's she has one indiscretion. And this is a big, this is like the crux of the book. She has one indiscretion when she's younger. Well, she and, falls in love with the guy when she's yeah, younger. And gets pregnant. Spoiler yeah. alert. Um, and uh, has a miscarriage. And, you know, she's kind of ostracized. Um and you know the scarlet letter she's bandied about as a whore etc and so she's just like and so she's just like okay let's lean into it so (laughs) the thing that's interesting in comparison to our normal romance rakes is she is called a rakes before she even is one right? right she's has one encounter with a guy and i hate to even call it an indiscretion because they actually were in love seeing each, in and love and seeing each other for like four years didn't she say it was it was a it was long, long time. time yeah like most of their youth yes. together and uh, and he's made her all these promises and they're in he love is a, he's a by count or lord something? or some, some kind of. of something and she was not she was a her dad was just a businessman and so um but he had promised her love. He'd promised her marriage. He promised her all these things. And mm-hmm. so she just fell head over heels for this guy. And mm-hmm. so it's hard to even call it an indiscretion. You know, she really thought this was her future. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And um, so, yeah. So, I mean, that's her main difference between her and a romance rake. But, you know, like we said, she really leans into, Scarlett Peckham really leans into making her a full-blown rake. You know, right. she's got the drink. The anonymous sex, the she's very forward in pursuing what she wants, which you know we get a lot of these flirty alphas. She's very aggressive typically. in the bedroom, yeah. And and then also very key to a romance rake is a tortured past that you know she hides with her bravado, which we're very used to with our romance hero rakes. Right. Um, and I think that's key and um yeah and you know we talk a lot about yeah our grumpy heroes and how a lot of why i like the grumpy hero is because it's all a facade you know and they just have these sweet girls that come along and you know this tortured past that just makes them yeah you know put up these walls and then this sweet little miss comes along and breaks down those walls well that's what adam was in this book Yeah, so, um, yeah, like we said, I I really respected her just going full-blown with the whole rake thing and making it a female. Um, what did you make of the more political aspects of this book? Kind of her, her stances on feminism and uh, equality and all that kind of stuff. That... I, and I didn't read any of the author's notes at the end, which... I also did not, actually, I on this one. I usually didn't... do, but... Ellen does. I usually don't just because yeah. by the time I'm done with the book, I'm like, Whew, I'm finished. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Ellen, I can record now. <laughs> but um, but uh, I'm not sure how, if it was that early for all this kind of feminism. It probably was. There were probably pockets of it, I guess. Um, 
1797 seems kind of early, but... Well, I think it's, I, you know, it's starting and it's making, especially in England. And, but it wasn't just feminism. I mean, it was feminism, but they were also worried about, you know, poverty. And I mean, there was a lot of things that played into what they were trying to fix. Mm-hmm. And yeah. they were trying to get women to... They, they mentioned slavery and... Right. Po- so there's a lot of equality that they're trying to rectify. Um, I think chief among her concerns, especially with like the snippets of the memoir that we get is equality for women. Right. Fair. Fair. Um, but yes. And so she, uh, and I think it's, you know, yeah, it was a huge problem back then. And I think it's still, you know, a valid concern today. Mm -hmm. And I think that, and that's why I really liked what this book did by Mm -hmm. turning everything kind of on its ear and making you look at all that stuff a different way and, and yeah. making you realize that maybe even as a reader, I don't, I'm, I'm probably a little more, I don't know, prejudiced than I should be. Mm-hmm. Even me as a woman. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Honestly, like the snippets from her book were some of my favorite parts. And I think like some of her best writing, it comes in those snippets right. from the book, um, from like Sarah, Sarah's memoirs uh, and like how pathetic that, these revolutionary things that she's saying are just like, duh. But then also, like you said, where, you know, cause a big, a big thing she talks about in the, the memoirs is, um, kind of, you know, the big, the crux of her memoir, her memoirs is to call out the fact that like, it takes two to tango. Yeah, we were both involved in this. And I'm calling out the name of this lord that ruined me because I want to show the discrepancy in I have borne the brunt of this my entire adult life. Meanwhile, he is like sitting in the House of Commons and, you know, married with four kids and has done, has suffered no consequences. Nothing at all. And, um, and, that's so obviously duh to us reading it now, but also like I still, I do think that in affair type situations, it's still always, and partly because the babies come out of us. <laughs> um, <laughs> Is so, that how it works? <laughs> so, I, so women bear the brunt of an affair in that respect if there's a child, but also I think subconsciously, I think, that women still bear a lot of the blame for affairs. Well, I think there's still like a double standard in yeah. if a woman sleeps around, she's a slut. And if a yeah. guy sleeps around, he it's gets high fived. And yeah. so, I mean, I think that's still a thing. Yeah, definitely. And um, so I, you know. I think about like Easy A, for example, yeah, that, you know, exactly. like kind of calls that out. Um, yeah. So, um, my dog is super intense with the snoring today, but I feel like anytime I call that out on the podcast, I can never hear him. So, well, I can hear him really loud. Yeah. Right now. <laughs> He's right behind mom. Um, anyway, uh, but yeah, I, I, yeah, she made, she made me think a lot with this book. Uh, so I really, I really, like I said, those snippets from her memoirs were like my favorite part of the book. And I think, her best writing kind of came out of those segments. Well, I wish more women would have done that back then and just called these guys out on their crap. Yeah, and, and like, how sad that, like, uh, someone saying, like, 
Hello is was such what it was so controversial. controversial. They were all calling her a liar, and there's no way he could have done this. It's like. Of course he did this. Yeah. Why would she go through all this? If it, you know, It's not like she has anything to gain by tearing this guy yeah. apart. She's just trying to point out, look where his life is and look where my life well, is. Well, the other thing, too, that I, I really liked, um, first of all, I like because his wife, the guy who ruined her, uh, his wife was like a dear friend of hers. And they kind of, you know, talk about it, talk it out. And I really liked that moment. And his wife kind of stands up for her in the end. And I also really liked that. Um, well, but, when they're all calling her a liar and his wife stands up and says, I can no, tell you she's not a liar. She's not lying. Yeah. And they're like, well, who are you? And she's like, I'm his wife. <laughs> and I can guarantee you she's not lying. <laughs> yeah. So I really liked all that. And, you know, ladies sticking up for ladies. I liked all that. Um, but the other component of this that I really liked is, um, spoiler, I'm going to get into some spoiler territory. Uh, but, uh, it turns out that Sarah knows this kind of damning secret about the Lord and, um, that he's not a legitimate heir. And, um, his wife is like, he's worried that that was what you were going to come out with is that, you know, this big secret about him. And she's like, that's not why I called him out. I called him out to show the discrepancy and, you know, if anything, revealing that secret hurts my case, you know? Well, I, and, she's just like, no, I promised him I'd never share that. And I didn't for yeah. those reasons. I mean, that's yeah. not what I was trying to get to with this book. Yeah. So. And yeah, so I, I also liked that about that. Um, what did you think of Sarah's views on marriage? Do you think they were justified? Did you like that they didn't get married in the end, etc.? You kind of touched on it a little earlier. I did. Um, just that in a historical romance, I don't think I've ever read a historical romance where they just don't, don't get married. Get yeah. um, my only concern with that is um, I worried about his children and the effect that something like that would have on his kids. In that day. Yeah. I think... I think it's, yeah, I think it's kind of a rosy picture to, and I think it's a cool statement to make for a book that's written today, but for back then, yes. Back I then, I was, because, you know, her and, and Adam, you know, do what you want for yourselves, but I was worried about his kids and how them. And then their child together And as their well. child together. Um, and then how them just living together and never getting married would affect them in the long run you know, in society. Um, not that they were high in society because they weren't. It's not like they were going to be, you mm-hmm. know, going to balls and whatever. But, um, you know, that was my only concern. I If they wanted to live together, more power to them. But I was worried about how it would affect their kids. Um, yeah, I like, I I agree. I agree with that. Um, and I, l- but I do think that I like for the sake of the book that, Pretty early on in the book, she says, I, here, I wrote down this line. Because they're talking about marriage, and he says... Marriage. He says, I think, you know, it's on on the husband to be decent, you know, etc. And she says, if a system relies on one party's decency, if that decency is the only fail-safe protecting the weaker party, it is broken. And especially for back then where yeah. women were basically like cattle that was, you know, traded and bandied about. Um, 
you know, I, I like that she had these feelings on marriage, which were completely justified. And then she kind of sticks to it, you know, for the sake of the book. Um, but I did also think, uh, that his, like, historically, maybe it wasn't the, like, soundest decision. Now, the thing that they had, because he actually ends up quitting his job and, and becoming an artist. And I yeah. think because they were both kind of in that artsy, bohemian lifestyle, that maybe, you know, they were saved from all of that. But yeah. I, I, that was my only concern, is yeah. how would society view their children um, after all that. I do like, though, that while, you know, she she remains on the anti-marriage track, um, you know, kind of towards the end when in her, mem- they like some of the last snippets of her memoirs that we get is um, her talking about, uh, you know, like falling in love with him and like, having our children and things like that, it didn't take away from who I am. It enhanced it. It, you know, added, it made me, it made my life fuller, you know? And so I like that that is a big part of her journey is figuring out that she can still have her morals and have her beliefs and, um, you know, be the same person that she is while also being in love with a man. And Well, and I have, I wouldn't say I've always, but... I have come to the conclusion in my life because um, I hate, I hate, I think I've mentioned this before on the podcast, but I hate shopping for wedding cards. It's my least favorite kind of card to buy because yeah. I just had to do this. I hate the statement to becoming one because I hate that visual. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think that's what marriage is and I don't think it's healthy for people to think of to becoming one because that means someone's giving up something. Mm-hmm. And I don't see my marriage like that. Um, I think a partnership is a fair way to. A partnership is good. Or a team, um, you know, however you want to you might have You might be one in goals and purpose and whatever. But as individuals, you're still two individuals. And I'm not saying there's no compromise in marriage. There has to be compromise in marriage. Otherwise, you will kill each other. But... Um, I don't think you should have to give up yourself. Um, Either one of you should have to give up, you know, parts of yourself in order to have a happy marriage. Mm -hmm. And I mean, my husband and I have very different likes and very different. (laughs) I mean, we're very different people, but it seems to work for us. And uh, and we definitely have a lot of fun together. So I don't know what what the magic is there. But, um, you know, we just kind of let each other be who they're going to be and Mm -hmm. support each other in that. And uh, I know when I, after my kids were grown and and when we moved back to California and I had made, I, from the get-go, I was like, once my kids are all born and once my kids are in school, I wanted to go back to school. I wanted to get a degree because I was never able to finish my degree before. And, um... He supported me 100% in that. And it was a tough time when I was going to school and mm-hmm. had three kids and he was gone all the time. I and did a lot of babysitting. Yes. Helen was my, it was helpful that you were a little bit older than the other kids. But, um, and he was super supportive of that. And I mean, that's, I think what a marriage is, is, is you support each other in what you want to do. And um, sometimes you have to give up stuff or put stuff off or whatever. Mm-hmm. But um 
you know, I I don't like the whole idea of two becoming one. I don't like that. Yeah. It makes it sound like you have to give up parts of yourself. Yeah, I agree. Um, okay. Let's talk about sex, oh baby. Oh my gosh, this book. This book. <laughs> I honestly think this is probably the craziest historical romance I've ever read. Uh, yeah, I think that's fair to say. Um, I, I, in passing, my brother overheard me make the comment, Regency butt plug today, <laughs> and I had to explain to him, uh, you know, why that's a thing. Um, yeah, there's, um, there is a butt plug that happens. There's, um, coming on tits and things like that, that is not always a, a thing in, um... Historicals. In historicals. Uh, I'm not necessarily, like, I think I, it wasn't, you know, we, we say a lot of times, like, oh, I'm glad that this book didn't have, a, like, an open door sex scene because it felt out of place with the book. I don't think these sex scenes felt out of place with the tone. Well, especially since she was so, I mean, the whole thing was that she was this super open sexual being. Yeah. And it had all kinds of sex and it's had all kinds of partners. And so, you know, it's not like we were working, neither one of them were some virginal little blushing miss. And even sweet Adam, you know, confesses to having certain proclivities that um he was on board with all of it by the way yes he was <laughs> and he was not uh unaware of acts and things like that um yeah this book goes for it in in the sexy times department does it yes it does <laughs> <laughs> and um uh yeah uh mom kept you know because mom was ahead of me in reading and she's like uh, this book gets extreme and um i could sense that even before i got to it that we were going to a place that we don't usually go um i need to say uh wearing like i know that they used the like sheep intestines or whatever it was for condoms um i don't know that as a woman i would want that in like like to be made love they, to by a sheep they, intestine. I think they cleaned them. <laughs> Mom. <laughs> I mean, before they were used. I don't think they just. I'm not sure. Well, and as you know, the book shows, they're not effective. They're not super effective. Um, I don't think they were like ribbed for her enjoyment, but. Um, they're not cherry flavored. <laughs> um, I don't know, Ellen. I'm just glad I didn't have to deal with birth control and oh, back then. Yeah. Um, I, I this do. This would explain why there were so many bastard children running around. I, I do guess. feel like the pullout method would have been more effective for these people than trying to deal with those sorts of things. But um, they both had their sexual hangups. I mean, that was. Yes. I mean, as open as they were, they both had a problem with intercourse, I guess you could say. Yeah. For, and completion of intercourse and i mean they both are both they're yeah they're both various reasons they both have serious um past with uh horrific pregnancies p and v yeah well yeah and and the results of p and v um and yeah so uh yeah the sex is uh is intense in this one yeah it's pretty much off the charts yeah so um okay what was your sooniest moment 
<sighs> my spoon, gosh, there were a lot of them because I just really loved Adam. I just thought he was a sweetheart. I really liked, um, I liked all the things he did to protect her. I liked the him taking the posters off, him sending someone to watch her place. I liked, um, and she had never had that ever in her life. Well, and she kind of like shoves it away. And I, I like that her friends are like, no, let, let him like, do this. Yeah, and that her servant's like, can you at least let him send someone to protect us <laughs> yeah. if you don't want it? Because uh, <laughs> um, they were like some, well, what's his face, was leaving dead birds on her yeah. patio and or on her terrace. Getting to and, be very threatening. And, yeah, and, and it was it was pretty hellacious. And, and yeah. they were putting posters up on her gate. And so, you know, he just had people kind of watching out for her. And, yeah. and he was watching out for her. And... Um, Anyway, I just liked how protective he was of her because I don't think she'd ever, ever had that in her life. Yeah, and being the alpha and forward-thinking woman that she is, she kind of shuns that. But I think her coming to realize that that's how he shows, you know, because I think for as, I think, I think it's inherent in men, not all men, I won't generalize, but I think it's like a biological need in men to protect the things that they love. You know, that's, animals have that. Um, And so I think, yeah, I think that that, she just needs to kind of accept that that's how he needs to show her that he cares about her. Um, yeah, I, I I said mine is when he comes to the bookshop to try and help her and, you know, oh, kind of good. the lengths that he goes to to sever ties with Pendrake and to um, kind of set himself apart and to, you know, still say that he's going to take on female apprentices and things like that. Um, I thought all that was sweet. It was sweet. Um, okay, so we're going to get into listener comments. Um you guys came for this book, which, uh, especially after I finished it and I was reading it, I'm like, wow, okay, we're, we have, like, a disparity of, uh, of reactions. Is there very many people who like it? Um, there's some, and we're, we're gonna, we're gonna just, uh, get into it. Uh, Tanya was one of our, our pros. She said, I enjoyed this book. I don't think it was meant to be an accurate historical, and I'm okay with that. It took the notion of the rake and flipped it. I liked how Sarah had to face her past betrayal and her issues with alcohol. I'm looking forward to the next in the series. I am also, I, I think I might check out, you know, I, I always. have to be in the mood for an angsty book. Because yeah, they are it's angsty. true. They are angsty. Um, Nara says, I almost didn't finish this book. All that on again, off again was kind of boring to me. I liked the whole idea of a rakeess that she didn't just change right away because of Adam. She had a lot of history to deal with. I did like Serafina and I really think she could do so much better than Adam. As a great woman said, why men great till they gotta be great. <laughs> That's Lizzo, mom. Um, uh, oh, are you translating that for the old lady? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, she said, I expected so much more of him. He's not a good match for her. She needed someone with a backbone like herself. The side characters didn't make me want to know more about them. What do you think about that? Oh, and then she says, spoiler, what a dick move having sex with her right before breaking up. I will agree with I will that. agree with that. Yeah. My... And then she says, and I feel like they didn't work through any of their issues as a couple. Here's my thing. I, well, I think that it was kind of like a closed door work through. I think that they... Because yeah. they even leave... The book even leaves you with, we still have stuff to work out. 
Mm-hmm. But um, uh, here's my thing. I think the book could have been shorter. I think we could have. There was so much back and forth. It could have taken out like one or two of those back right. and forths. And um, so I will agree with that. And then like doing her against the wall and then, oh, by the way, I'm out. Yeah. I agree. That was kind of, that yeah. was kind of it. That was, that was sleazy. Um, now, in terms of Adam being a good or bad match for her, I think Adam also operates as a literary correlation. Like, I think he is very much supposed to be a direct male translation of, of the, the kind of characters. heroines that we right. get in historicals with a rake. Um, so I think that is part of it. But I also, th- I, I don't, you know, Nari, you know I love you. I don't think you can say that he doesn't completely have a backbone. I think he makes mistakes. I think he, you know, in his decisions to break up with her because he needs to pursue business, I think that that's just a realistic decision that a lot of people make Well, I think as a person, he's extraordinarily loyal. And I think it took him a while to figure out where his loyalties laid, mm-hmm. lay, lie. And um, I think he, in his mind, he was thinking, I have to have this job to take care of my family. And he was doing everything he could to protect that job to take care of his family. Not to mention he had like so much debt incurred with that job. Yeah, I mean, there was a lot of stuff up. going on that yeah. he was trying to. And um, so I think once he realized, I hate this job and I want to get out of this and I love her and... I, you know, I'll figure out a way to make it work. I think once he realized that loyalty and switched, that's where he... Well, and I think part of his journey is developing the backbone to, like, right. be able to match up with her. Um, so, but I can I can see where you're coming from, Nara. And I will agree with you on dick move that he pulled. <laughs> um, Elizabeth said, I didn't start this expecting a beach read, but it kind of ended up there. I thought the writing was skillfully done, and I really enjoyed the descriptions of the setting. We don't often see a seaside setting like this in historicals, at least not ones that I've been reading. And that was the main thing keeping me hooked. The romance was a little blah with a super unlikable heroine, so I can see why a lot of people didn't finish it. While I liked being transported to a drafty house by the sea, very ghost of Mrs. Muir, um, yes, um, (laughs) I don't know that I'm strongly compelled to read the rest of the books in this series. Um, I did also like the setting, and it it kind of matched. And I liked a lot of the, you know, kind of symbolism of the... The waves and the rock and the storm and, and him always having these dreams about her in the ocean. Yeah. And, and yeah, good call on the ghost of Mrs. Muir. Yeah, seriously. Uh, she must be of an age. No, Elizabeth is <laughs> Elizabeth is the one that's like the old movie buff. Oh. So she she knows she knows her stuff. Um well, I know the old movie and the TV series because I am of a certain age. <laughs> um but uh yeah, I yeah, I mean, I can also, it's like I said, I can see this book hitting a lot of people not at the right time. Right. I can, and I can see it being just kind of like, I don't necessarily <laughs> want to spend time with these people right Especially because Ellen was talking about reading another book, but, you know, trying to fit two books in this week, and I was like, I need to take a break, because I just finished that Thorn of Cor- Crown, Crown, Crown of, of Thorns, Thorns and Roses series, or not the whole series, but the first three books, and... That was like an emotional drain. If anyone's read them, you're going to know what I'm talking about. 
And then I jumped right into this book and it's like, I, I, I've read all these heavy books and I need, yeah. I, need, uh, I need to relax my brain a little bit before I yeah. move on. Um, Jennifer says, I DNF'd this book. To be fair, I tried listening to it at the start of Shelter in Place and I had a lot of focus issues going on and wasn't in the right mindset. I like Scarlett Peckham's other books, but I just couldn't get into this one. And I, I included that one just because I do think that that's, I think that's a big problem with the time that this book came out. Right. Um, which I, I think is unfortunate because I think, I think this one would be a hard one to listen to. Yeah, I because it jumps too. around time wise. It mm-hmm. especially at the beginning, it jumps around kind of, up, and there's like the whole story is really kind of told in flashback. Yeah, and um, and the memoirs are there's like a lot of back and forth between memoirs and passages from the memoirs and things like so that. So it would kind of be hard to keep track of what was going on at yeah. what time. Yeah, um, Cassie says I actually liked this book for the first sixty to seventy percent. But by the end of the story, the hero and heroine had been on again, off again way too many times, and I was annoyed. I also think the author tried to cover too many topics, and the story became a bit convoluted. I liked the concept of the story, but I don't think it was well executed. Um, I think it, I, like we said, I agree with the on again, off again, and uh, I think that... And I think that's what kept it from being a love for me. Yeah. The, um, uh, I... I think that is what kept it from being a love for me. And then also, it's not, like I said, it's not the easiest read in the world. It's right. not, it's, it wasn't one where I was like, I am enjoying every second of this. <laughs> it was, um, you know, it was, it was somewhat of, I don't want to say slog, but it is, you know, you do have to kind of like keep up with these people who are making bad decisions and... You know. And I think it has some first book itis in that there's just yeah. a lot of stuff going on in this book. And I know it's setting up stuff for other stories yeah. and there's other a, things. There's a lot going on with Eleanor and yep. um you know, and I don't I don't know that a lot of the stuff that's happening with Eleanor is like completely earned because while I wanna support people I didn't care about her all that much because I hadn't spent enough time with her to, like, care about things that were happening with her journey all that much. Um, I like them as characters, though. I like the idea of these kind of rebellious, progressive women in this time. Um, So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Uh, Catherine, I DNF'd it pretty early on. Uh, I liked the voice of the prologue and all the other stuff that was in that voice, though. It's certainly a weird time for reading. (laughs) Yeah. I'm just being easy on myself right now, and if I don't want to read something, even if I would normally love it, I'm not going to beat myself up about putting it down. I think the title is cute. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. And like I said, I think that's a big... I think it's a big hit. Well, when things get... Life gets easier, I would recommend reading it, because it's definitely just for the, the whole thing of the turn on the rake... Yeah. I really appreciated that. Yeah. Especially, I think especially if you're a historical reader on the reg, because um, I know a lot of our listeners, like, historical is not their go-to, but I know a lot of them it is. Um, so I think especially for the historical readers among the listeners, um, that you should give this one an open-minded chance, because I do think it has a lot of to say about the historical. Definitely. Um 
Michelle said, I loved the writing, but hated the couple together. Adam wasn't very deep, and I thought Sarah was toxic. The sex was hot, though. (laughs) That's important. Um, Yeah, I think, because she says Adam wasn't very deep, and I I will agree with that, but I think she was trying to do so much with Sarah that if she had done much more with Adam, it would have gotten even more convoluted than... It yeah, I mean, already was. we had that, you know, he was, there was something going on with his mom, like his mom was, oh, his yeah. dad, he was a bastard. Yeah. And his dad was a drunk. And, you know, then he had this marriage and yeah. she died because he couldn't keep his hands off her. Well, the doctor told him she wouldn't live through another childbirth and, and she didn't. And he yeah. got her pregnant and she didn't. And he yeah, blamed himself for all that. And it's rough. Yeah, it was rough. And yeah. Anyway. Um, Tiernan said, I really wanted to DNF, but I kept going. I did not like this book. (laughs) I can suspend my disbelief for a lot of historical romance, but not this one. It was too much. I did not like either Serafina or Adam. Adam was so milquetoast blah for me. I just didn't buy their connection. I understand uh, she had issues and and an addiction, but I didn't even like her. The premise was a bridge too far. I felt the author was trying to do too much. Dark, happily ever after, feminist, addiction, abandonment, miscarriage, smashing, patriarchy, art, literature, architecture, history, which is wonderful, but executed poorly. I felt the book was stormy and depressing and just bonkers. I can keep going, but I think I made my point. <laughs> I am looking forward to hearing what Ellen and Mom think. Um, we felt differently. Turn in. Um, <laughs> I but, can see, though. But I can people... respect that. <laughs> yeah, I can see where some people would come at it that way. Yeah, and I will agree. There is a lot going on a lot. In, in this book. Um, and, and yes, very angsty, like more angsty than we usually get. And, you know, like we usually review historicals and it's usually, we're just like, it's just so nice to get back to a historical. Just a sweet little historical. <laughs> yeah. And this was not like that oh, at no. all. Um, so it is an angsty historical. And I will agree with people who are saying, I don't know if this is accurate for the time period. And yeah. I would agree with that. Cause I had a hard time. I kept, I, I asked Ellen in the middle and I'm like, what year was this written? Cause I don't think this stuff was going on at yeah. that time. Uh, Marcha, which Marcha, I'm so glad to have you on the Facebook group now. I know that you were strictly email for a while, but which I'm also fine with, but happy to have you. Uh, but she says, I was thinking how glad I am to discover new books slash authors through this reading list because I really liked this book. Marcha! <laughs> One, I can see that it's not a very popular opinion, but there it is. Uh, yes, the topics were dark, but it suited my mood this week. I wasn't looking for a beach read. The on-again, off-again of Sarah and Adam's relationship wasn't fun to read, but they had a lot of stuff to work through for themselves, and they were honest about it in the end. I think a female rake in a historic setting will always be different from a male one because of the double standard. As a woman, she gets punished by society for her actions. I think the author did a good job of portraying that double standard. For this story to be inspired by Mary Wollstonecraft's experiences makes it resonate more in truth and any reality. I found the story more current and personally touching than expected from a historical novel. The idea of when you don't know how, don't uh, don't not do it, just try, that both Sarah and Adam tried to live by in the end was empowering to me. Um, yeah, Marcia. Thank you for being our one. You're so wise. Our one solitary, <laughs> uh, like, positive review on this. Um, let's get back to some more negatives. Uh, <laughs> Jump right in. Singular male listener Jason said, I really tried, but this is a DNF for me. I could just never get into it, which is odd because of my lack of intelligence means normally I like everything. <laughs> 
<laughs> Jason, I, I, I can resonate with that. <laughs> um, Jessica says, this was a tough one for me. I started reading it back in April when it came out and I had DNF right after Sarah was forced to kill the bird and to put it out of its misery. Yeah, that was sad. That was sad. Um, I picked it back up a couple of weeks ago to read for the podcast and really slogged through it. There is no doubt that it is well-written and atmospheric, but I found the book overly depressing and not very romantic or even romance forward. I think Sarah engages in incredibly harmful, self-destructive behavior, and it was hard to read about that. I do not know that I really liked Sarah or Adam, but I loved Adam's sister and his kids. Um, Yeah, they were cute. I also think that the book tried to tackle too many big, heavy topics, which diluted the effectiveness of the messages the author was trying to convey. The sex scenes also left me feeling depressed, perhaps because both Sarah and Adam had so much guilt and anguish wrapped up in the act. That's fair. And yeah, and legit. Uh, She said there was no joy at all. Maybe I would have enjoyed the book more if I went into it thinking of it as historical fiction rather than historical romance. Overall, I was left saddened and disappointed, especially because I really enjoyed The Duke I Tempted and The Earl I Ruined, and I just can't see myself reading more in this series. Um, points well made, Jessica. I, I, if you, if you, if it hit you that way, I cannot, and I can see how it could hit you that way, I cannot take that away from you. Um, I, like I said, I think honestly seeing that a lot of you didn't like it maybe helped me like, like it more. more. <laughs> kind of went into it thinking, Ugh. I even said to Ellen, I said, this might be a rough one. It doesn't look like people like it. Yeah. And we were worried because we were trying to fit it in the midst of this road trip. And like both of us hadn't even started it before we the left. road trip. So um, we knew we were going to have to be kind of fitting it in to our trip. Um, so, but yeah, like I, I totally get this book not hitting a person the right way. I totally get that. Um, Natalie says, I feel conflicted about this book. I definitely didn't hate it as some did here, but it also wasn't a total winner. I love the cover. OMG gorgeous. And was so intrigued by the author's note and Mary Wollstonecraft's influence on the book. She is BA. I also enjoyed the page time taken up by Adam's kids and Sarah's friends. I can appreciate trying to track tackle the idea of a woman rake, rake but ultimately I just don't think the author was successful in drawing that parallel. Agree to disagree slightly. I wasn't convinced that a woman in that time could be a rake in the same way a man could. I'm not saying that it could never happen, just that the book didn't convince me. Let's pause for a second. Um, I also do not think that a woman could be a rake, but I think that the book showed that. Well, that's what I was <laughs> going to say. I said, I don't think the, the book was trying to show that it was... I think the book was trying to show that a woman could be a rake, but she was treated completely different than yeah. a man who was a rake. Yeah. And I think that that's the whole point, even with our historical books. Now, do I think that it's historically accurate to have a woman who, like, leaned into it as heavily as she did? Probably not. I just think that women were of a different... Especially in, like, 1797. I think if we were, like, in 1897, or if we were yeah. in 1850s, or if we were in, you know... I could see it more then, but yeah. I really have a hard time believing it was a thing in 1890. There's just such a different societal standard back then that maybe there was women that were like this, but I just don't think they would be to like this extent. Yeah. Um, 
so I agree that I don't think that that's completely historically accurate, but I, I like the idea of like, I, I agree that it's, it's almost the more like historical fiction than the thing I like, liked about this book is it made me look at myself as a reader. And yeah. I think that that is what she was trying to pull. Yeah. And I think, you know, the whole idea of, okay, if we had a, a hero that acted like this, would I feel differently? Yeah, I would absolutely. I mean, mm-hmm. so it was just kind of that way of looking at myself as, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and my own prejudices even in mm-hmm. reading historical romances. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, Natalie continues. I am always here for people overcoming dark pasts or adversity uh, because everyone deserves an HEA, especially if they've been through shit. But in this book, the dark moments seem to overwhelm the romantic or hopeful ones. Technically, it ends with an HEA, but I'm not 100% convinced. Uh, Yeah. Also, the book's mood and tone were totally at odds with what I wanted to read. I was on vacation and, like, playing board games and floating down a river, which probably (laughs) affected my experience. Same, Natalie. I was, like, in this crazy rich person's pool and, you know, doing stuff like that. Um, So, yeah. And honestly, I don't want to, like, generalize, but I think that that's a big part of a lot of the negative feedback is tone was just maybe if this book came out in like dead of winter it would have like <laughs> gone over better um i don't know but uh but i think that seems to be kind of my takeaway in the negative feedback and and it is a very angsty and more angsty than we usually get or expect from historicals or even general romance you know especially a romance that we talk about on this show (laughs) um but yeah uh so that's everybody's thoughts and honestly I'm I don't want to say I'm surprised but like I'm I'm surprised that we only had one person yeah (laughs) like was like liked because I I I liked the book I thought it was I liked it too if nothing else like an interesting experiment um and, you know, yeah, kind kudos of... to her for trying it because it wasn't an easy thing to do, Mm-mm. obviously. Not yeah. everybody was on board. Yeah. Um, uh, and I think it's been kind of an interesting one for the show. I mean, I'm used to if it's one that we don't like and then having to read a lot of <laughs> your guys' positive comments, I feel bad. Um, so I'd much rather have where we liked it and you guys did <laughs> I'd, ra- I'd much rather have you guys look bad. We look like nice people. <laughs> I was gonna say I'd much rather have you guys be the bad guy. <laughs> um, okay, so those are our thoughts and some of your thoughts on the Ray Kess by Scarlett Peckham. We would love to hear more from you on our Facebook page, our Facebook group, which is Not Your Mom's Facebook group, our Goodreads group, our Twitter and Instagram, which are n- at Not Your Mom's Rom, or you can email us at Not Your Mom's Romance Book Club at gmail.com. So if you want to read along with us and email us with your thoughts, or if you'd like just a book for us to read, we'd love to hear from you. On August 10th, you guys, we will finally be discussing Engagement and Espionage by Penny Reed. And, and we are so happy because we will also have audiobook narrator and Tennessee sex voice himself, uh, Chris Brinkley, on the show to chat with us just about so the Winstons in general and um, engagement and espionage and 
Cletus and all those fun things. So if we're... you have anything you really want us to ask him, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna post some things. Um, seeing if you guys want us to include some questions for him, I probably won't be able to include all of them. But uh, and we are interviewing him on Thursday. Thursday, so I will get that posted sooner rather than later. Um, especially on the Facebook group, I will get that posted sooner rather than later. Um, but we're super excited about that, and we're so grateful to him for like we've been trying for a while to get this to line up, yes. and he's been very busy because there's a lot of those books coming out yeah and uh so we're really excited you guys might remember we met him and he was lovely and we're excited to just get to hang out with him for a little bit um remember you can subscribe on itunes google play stitcher spotify and wherever your favorite podcasts are sold for free don't forget to leave a review because it helps the show and we just love reading them all right thanks guys and thanks mom you're welcome ellen all right bye bye not Your Mom's Romance Book Club is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. You can find more outstanding podcasts to subscribe to at frolic.media slash podcasts.